This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Steven Sklansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Sklansky. And today, we're entering new territory. We are new season three. Season three. And this is this episode that we're going to review today. You might not have seen this episode on TV for a very long time. Because the government doesn't want you to see it. Exactly. It's been about three years. I okay, think. now the, it's not the government. It's 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 Fox. Yes. <laughs> but I think it's been about three years, correct? Correct. Something like three years, four years. Well, we're in 2021 now, so... I guess I, I, I never looked at an exact date on when it was banned, but I'm thinking yeah. it was 2017-ish. But obviously Disney Plus came out last year, and this yes. episode's not on it. And Disney... How evil Disney is. They just wanted to wipe this episode off the face of the earth. Like, But that's you, also not true. No, no, no. If you go to... Di- well, okay. Well, Disney... You go to Disney Plus right now, and season three, episode one, is Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. This, but they're not the ones that banned this. They're episode. not the ones that banned it, but Disney is trying to make it like it never existed by saying that Mr. Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington is episode one. But how do we know that uh we how did we know that fox got uh got this banned steve because we had a very special guest tell us that and oh, did. we did our special guest uh mike reese we did an interview with him before recording this podcast and we're tacking that interview on at the very end after me and uh, robert give you our recap of the episode so make sure you yeah. stay to the end and he's got some awesome stories. Yep, fun and stories. he's a really fun guy. Yep, fun facts. He's really funny. Uh, he was a writer on The Simpsons for uh, two years. He was a showrunner on it for two years, or a little bit longer. He left after season four and then came back. Yeah. Um, he also was the creator or co-creator of the TV show The Critic. Um, so if you guys have ever seen that, if you haven't, go see it. It's about a... Uh, a uh, critic named Jay Sherman. You might recognize that name because he was on a future episode of The Simpsons. They right. wanted to do a crossover. It stinks. It stinks. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, and Mike Reese also co-wrote episode one, Stark Raving Dad. Yep. And that's uh, season three, the real episode one, mm-hmm. uh, aired uh, September 19th, 1991. And a little bit of a recap for you. So Homer is mistaken for an anarchist and sent to a mental institution where he shares a room with a man who claims to be pop star Michael Jackson. (laughs) Meanwhile, Bart promises his sister Lisa he will get her the best birthday present ever. Is it going to be the best birthday present ever? It probably will be. I think it's going to be the best birthday present ever. We will, once we tell you what that birthday present is, we will judge all birthday presents to (laughs) that one and we'll tell you if it's the best. So the chalkboard gag this week, (laughs) I am not a dentist. You're not a dentist? I am not a dentist and I don't think Bart is a dentist either. No, I don't think he is either. He's he's probably, you know, out there pulling the, the teeth of his classmates. Yep, because they're loose. Because, yeah. you know, that 10 is 10 is the age where your teeth start falling out. 
And, and not because, not. not because, yeah, because you're old, <laughs> 10 year old, your teeth start falling out. No, you're, you're getting rid of those baby ones and yeah. you're getting some of the but, new ones. But you ones. know, Steve, everything changes once you hit the big one oh. Yes. And we'll learn that in a minute. But, yes. um, Bart being a dentist definitely probably got him, uh, into the attention because, you know, you know, should be running around the school, pulling people's teeth, charging them for yeah. their, his services. Uh, so the couch gag, the Simpsons sit on the couch and it tips backwards and it sends the Simpsons through their wall. That must be a really Man. crappy wall. Crappy wall or crappy couch or combination of both. Well, once again, so we've seen the couch tip a few different ways, I think, so far. Never through the wall, obviously. No. But I think it wasn't there one episode where the couch actually tipped backwards and their legs are just kicking in the air. Correct. Yes. So so this time they ran really fast at the couch and smashed through their wall. Yes. Yes, and they did. In the interview later today, uh, later today, later in the episode, later in the episode, you'll get to hear a few uh, tidbits about the first two seasons and chalkboard and couch gags and how they yes. fit into those first two seasons. Yep. So we start this episode up. Bart is sleeping. Lisa walks into his room, holds his nose shut, and wakes him up, and it is 6 a.m. Um, I think if you ever tried that with me, I'd probably start to, like, throw punches at you and yell at you and ask you why you're doing that to me. I mean, I guess it would have to be a really good reason. Yeah. You know it, what it, I mean? The, oh, yeah. I, I think maybe House on Fire, we got a new TV... You'd wake me up at 6 a.m. for a new TV. Eh, maybe. Or I'm going to play the Nintendo and not let you play it. I could see, see that. Yeah, I could see you doing that. Yeah. Um, well, and Bart's first reaction to being woken up is that there's something wrong and Homer has passed away. <laughs> and why is that his first thought? Uh, I mean, I guess he cares about Homer and Marge, but as we just said, I think my first thought would be, what are you doing? Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I think most people wouldn't necessarily think that. But, you know, little little sister, it's two. I mean, also two days from her birthday, no less. Yes. Now, if it was the day of her birthday, maybe. Ten, I, I would might, might give it a little bit of a leeway. But two days before the birthday, come on. Yeah, Lisa woke him up to remind him that she is turning eight years old in two days. And Bart goes, you know, Lisa, once you hit the big one, oh, everything changes. Candy tastes different. You can't eat as much of it. And I love the joke because, you know, the joke is, oh, yeah, once you hit the big two, oh, three, oh, four, oh, it, you know, everybody's like, oh, it always changes, always changes. And so the, the joke is great. I like the joke. Um, and I do agree with you. Uh, I did also believe that Lisa was eight. So if you guys out there, because you guys are our fans and you listen to our podcast, <laughs> please remind us if we've already stated that Lisa was eight years eight. old. Because I personally think somewhere in the last, first two seasons, they actually say she is already eight years old. Yes. It could be, I could be wrong, but I feel like I already did. Or it could have just been us talking about her being eight. Because we and, knew she was eight. Because we knew she was eight, and maybe we've just been wrong this entire time. It's possible. We are not. We are not infallible. Yeah. So um, please let it, please let us know if we've actually heard her say she's eight, or if it was yes. just us conjecture saying she was eight. Yes. Uh, so uh, Lisa 
then annoys Bart to the point of making him promise that he will get her a really good birthday present this year. And to be fair, when, I mean, you're four years older than me. So I guess when I turned eight, you would have been 12. It's not like you had money to go out and buy me a gift. I don't think I would ever pro like make you promise, Hey, you better get me a good gift this year or I'll, I oughta, um, my, my expectations. And I think yours of me were the same. Wish me a happy birthday and leave me alone to my friends. And I think we did that with each other. Yeah. We were just brothers in name. No, I'm just joking. We we did. We did love each other and, you know, celebrate uh, maybe celebrate each other's birthdays, I guess. (laughs) You make it sound like we we never loved each other. Yeah, right. But no. I mean, as adults, we get each other, you know, gifts for the holidays, and and even even non holidays, we still buy each other stuff because yeah. you know it's the right thing to do. Yep. And so, and also, you like feeding my pop addiction. Exactly. And so, Bart and Lisa go down to the kitchen to have breakfast for the day. Well, just and- Bart. Wasn't Lisa in the kitchen? I feel like Lisa wasn't. No, maybe no, Lisa she, wasn't in the kitchen. She, she was, was probably back in her room brooding about her birthday. Uh, so Bart goes down to have breakfast and he uh, has a box of Krusty Flakes. And on the bo- back of said box of Krusty Flakes is a Krusty hotline for some reason. <laughs> and the phone number for this uh, Krusty hotline is 19090 or no, no, it's an O. It's an O. O-U-Clown. Clown. O-U-Clown. So, clown. You're a silly Now, if you ever saw a box of cereal with a hotline number on the back, would you call it? I kind of want to call it Krusty Hotline and see if that actually still exists. Now, to be fair, I know for a it's fact... It's not enough. Oh, no, it is enough numbers. Yeah, so I don't know if we were kids and ever tried, like, dialing the 555, you know, the, no, the 555 I numbers. No, I never did. We, me and a couple of our friends did, and they're just random generic nothingness. Yeah, I mean, there just, are a few, but there are a few phone numbers out there that actually play in the episode that actually exist. I think it... Uh, especially how I met your mother. I think there was like two instances. Yep, there was a like, Barney oh, Stinson, Barney Stinson one that worked. Yep. Um, I mean, you could call eight six seven five three zero nine and and get Jenny. Oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, so Bart uh, Bart wants to call the hotline, but uh, Marge is like doing the laundry, and she's like, "Hey, Bart, I need you to watch Maggie while I go do the laundry." And so Bart's yep. like, "Yep, okay." And so Bart makes a phone call, and in the background, you see Maggie. Get out of her high chair, grab onto the uh, fan cord, fan cord, and start swinging around. <laughs> now, to be fair, you there was a day when I was three. You were supposed to be watching me, and I set your room on fire. Well, yeah, so it's your fault. The <laughs> How is it my fault? Because you overpowered me. <laughs> I did overpower you. I was three. Yes, you would have been seven. You overpowered me. So just like Bart saying to Marge that Maggie overpowered her um, and then Maggie gets pissy and spits out her pacifier (laughs) and his part in that. Now back to the, the, back to the, the hotline. So when Bart calls, Oh yeah. It's actually Krusty the clown just laughing. Uh, Yeah. I, I probably would have hung up after like the first 10 seconds. Cause at least to me watching that scene, it was so annoying. But Bart likes Krusty. I mean, you kind of got to get his uh, side of the thing. You and know, like, what was it? The first two minutes were free. Everything else after that was like uh, two fifty. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't think. And obviously, Bart didn't make it to two fifty to, to no. two minutes. Uh, March, March came. came in March came back. So, um, and so Marge walks back in with the laundry, and yep. Homer walks in, and he's looking for his uh, work shirt. 
Yep. And he digs in the work shirt and he pulls out a pink shirt and he's like, oh, pink. I'm not popular enough to be different. And then he reaches out, pulls out another work shirt. And that one's pink. They're all pink. And as we learn, Bart somehow put his red cap in with the laundry. Marge didn't notice. His lucky red hat. Lucky red hat. And all, you know, because, and it happens. If you put something red with something white in the wash, the colors will run and you get pink. But, okay, so I remember as a kid that actually happening. Yes, now it, I now it is. Nowadays, I don't think it exists. I have washed whites with reds. Now, granted, from what I understood, and I don't know if this is an old wives' tale or not, but new red with white is the problem, not current red with like current white. Yeah. Is that true or not? I, I guess I don't. I think it's know. also possible. It's also possible way back in the the day. Red, sh- like colored shirts, like red, green, blue, yellow, and all that. I want to say they were made with like a dye almost into the fabric. And maybe nowadays that dye doesn't get washed out as much. I have no idea. And that's a possibility. I mean, I do my, like, I do my own laundry because I live by myself. Well, I have roommates, but I, I live basically by myself. And I, like, even growing up, because mom taught us how to do laundry. I would always put the whites and grays together and then anything else like colored, like red, blue, all the colors of the rainbow would then be in a separate thing. And then those would get washed together. I've never had any issues with anything running or. Well, I used to do that. And then I got really lazy and was like, I'm not separating my laundry anymore. Okay. Here's half my laundry, one load, half my laundry, the other load. And it's colors and whites mixed together. I've never had issues now growing up. Yes. We've had that issue. I have had tons of white socks turned red because of because yep. of a red item. So maybe the dyes have changed over the course of the years. If you guys, Possible. if you, if you, any of our listeners make shirts and would like to shine some light into color changing whites <laughs> in laundry, you know, let let us know. That'd be great. So Homer then strangles Bart for putting his lucky red cap in with the white laundry. And as you said, uh, technically, Marge did wash it. She probably should have noticed that there is a red cap in with the whites. And she probably should have pulled it out. Uh, And so Homer is like, fine, I'll wear the pink shirt. He goes to work wearing the pink shirt. And Burns is watching the security cameras, which they splurged for color on on the security cameras. So they could see everything in color. And he notices Homer wearing the pink shirt. And he goes, what is he, some free-thinking anarchist? But I do like how they're all marching in, like, cattle style. Oh, yeah. But I feel like that wouldn't be how people arrive to work. No, but... Maybe at Mr. Burns' power plant, because Mr. Burns is Mr. Burns. Yeah, but I also wonder who started the teasing. Was it Mr. Burns, like, sending someone down there? Because I feel like they would have already been teasing Homer walking in since he was the only one wearing pink. Well, as he's walking through the plant, people are staring at him and laughing. And then he gets to Carl and Lenny, who are like, Hey, Homer, would you like a donut? With pink frosting, and then he takes a bite, and then he realizes they're making fun of him. But it's a pink... Now, granted, this is the early 90s, and back in the 90s, it was kind of taboo for a, a, a man to wear a pink shirt. You know? Yeah. Yep. They would think he was, you know, not I don't straight. necessarily crazy. Yes, that that would be the more thing. I don't necessarily think he'd be crazy. No, he he's not crazy. And obviously, I, now, like, if I went out to wear, you know, if I found a pink shirt that I liked. I know it in public. Screw it. It's just a color. Yep. Whatever. 
I mean, I don't really have anything pink. No. I, do, I mean, I do have a lot of shirts that are colorful, that have color on it. Now, granted, they're all like cartoons and movies and all that kind of stuff. But who who cares what color your shirt is? Now, granted, again, this is 91. Yep. Uh, and back in the, the early 90s, the, the man wearing a pink shirt, definitely a different connotation. Yep. And uh, so Homer gets pulled off the floor and for some reason, the what power did he say? plant like, has... What did the guy say? Like, come here, pinky or something? <laughs> I don't know. Pinky. I can't remember what he yeah. said. But for some reason, the power plant has an interrogation room? Yep. Because but Mr. Burns, because Mr. Burns doesn't have his trapdoor office yet. Oh, that's my gotcha. guess. Because because then he could pull the cord. And Homer goes falling through the trapdoor because he's wearing a pink shirt. Who, but who wrote that there was an X-ray machine in there? Oh, that was me because they actually X-rayed Homer as well as. Oh, that's true. They did. Yeah. I forgot about that. But so... I guess it's a power plant. Well, okay, so maybe security would have X-ray machine because you are going to a power plant. You probably should yeah. be bringing weapons and stuff into a power Correct. plant. Um, but yeah, they uh, they do that. So so my other reference that I made, so he was talking to Mr. Burns. Smithers was talking to Burns about Homer. I wore a pink shirt to work once. Yep. And, and but Bur- the funny thing was, is Burns, I feel like he understood it because uh, Smithers was in a uh, musical performance of uh, HMS Pinafore. Which, which is, is a great reference. Which is a great reference and a precursor to a HMS Pinafore reference we will talk about later on in The Simpsons. So all you Simpsons fans out there that know what I'm talking about, congratulations. By the way, one of probably one of the best, best Simpsons. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and so Dr. Marvin Monroe comes in the picture and does, does he just do freelance work now? Does he not own his, <laughs> his business anymore? Like, wasn't there an episode like in season two where he was like, he has his own practice. Yeah, I, I don't get it. But he uh, developed a test of 20 questions to figure out how crazy a person is. Well, uh, 20 simple questions that determine uh, yes. exactly how crazy or Meshugana someone <laughs> Meshugana. is. God, I love it. Love the uh, Yiddish. Well, okay. To be fair, Mike Reese is a Jewish uh, guy. Yes. Grew up Jewish in Connecticut. So I could see where uh, a little Yiddish would, oh, yeah, would play in. Um, and so Homer, uh, reads his name, uh, reads the top of the floor and says print name. And he's like, Oh, like he's actually, uh, very afraid to fill out a form with which, his name on it, which is funny. He's perfectly okay with filling out a form to get uh hair. Yes. But he is definitely not okay with filling out a form to find to, out if he's crazy, to find out if he's crazy. So we cut back to the Simpson home and Marge is up, up in her room, spraying her hair with hairspray. And I had originally thought it was like blue hair dye, but then I, I remembered that she has always had blue hair. So the hair, it's probably hairspray to, you know, keep her five foot hairdo in the air. (laughs) Okay. It's not five feet. It's probably like a foot and a half. Yeah. Maybe more. I don't know. She, it makes her, I mean, she always wanted to be tall. Yes. Yes. And so she has a drawer full of hairspray because yes. you have to use an entire can <laughs> oh to keep that hair up every day. Oh, my God. And so Homer, so Homer walks in and asks Marge to fill out his psychological profile and she refuses. Which, I mean, it's a psychological profile. You should be filling it out yourself. To be fair. And so he's like, oh, Lisa likes doing homework. <laughs> and so he heads over to Lisa's room and she's like, OK, I'll fill out your form if you listen to a poem I wrote. He's like, and, All right. here, and here is the poem. And, okay, so one other thing I want to mention is the poem 
um, as read to Homer, I had a cat named Snowball. She died. She died. Mom said she was sleeping. She lied. She lied. Oh, why is my cat dead? Couldn't that Chrysler hit me instead? I had a hamster <laughs> named Snuffy. He died. Deals off. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's not the greatest poem in the world. No, but why you know, was she writing that poem anyways? I don't know. I mean, Snowball's been dead for quite some time. I mean, yeah, they maybe... have Snowball too. Like, what was the point of the poem? I wish we had asked Mike about that. Now that I think about it, yeah. But I, I, I really want to know how the how the hamster died. Me too. <laughs> like that. Maybe the maybe maybe it was maybe it was eaten by the cat, <laughs> and then the cat got hit got hit by the Chrysler. By the way, we knew we knew Snowball got hit by a car. And now we know it was by a Chrysler. Yep. That's By the awesome. way, probably they probably got some money from Chrysler for that. Or maybe not, because they talked about how Cat got hit by one of their cars. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So Homer decides, all right, last last, last person I go to, because I can't go to Maggie for this. Nope. Uh, he goes to Bart to answer, uh, answer the questions. That seems just like a terrible idea. Yep. And Bart's like, should I be filling this out for you? It's like, remember that time you filled out my absentee ballot? First off, illegal. Second off, illegal. Third off, Homer, just vote. Well, maybe he didn't know who to vote for. Because 99, well, okay. No, that was Bush Clinton. Yeah, Bush Clinton was 92. Yeah, so, okay, 90, so Bart would have been, okay, so let's put this, so absentee ballot, let's just say it was primary. So it had to have been 88. Correct. So Bart's 10 in 90, or 90, well, he never changes ages, so let's say 91, 90. So two years prior, he would have been eight. So he had an eight-year-old vote for him. (laughs) Now, Lisa is an eight-year-old? Okay. I I might might, might say okay. Bart is an eight-year-old? Probably not the smartest move. We uh, So as Homer hands the the test over to Bart, he's watching uh, Funniest Home Video Show. And the final entries are very violent. We have Man Breaking Hip, Dog on Fire. (laughs) That's just bad. How is that funny? It's not. I mean, I guess I'd have to see the video. Maybe he's got. Maybe he's got like a fire retardant suit on. Maybe. And then finally, baby with nail gun. And uh, I agree with you because you know Maggie shot at Homer with a nail gun, and he's laughing at it. Yeah. He, I mean, I just think it's funny that he completely forgot in the itchy and scratchy and uh, Marge episode that yeah. Maggie shot him up with a nail gun, trying to kill him. Yeah. Um, Unless and, he just laughed it off. He could have just laughed yeah. it off. And I did like the fact that uh, they had Snowball 2 sleeping on Homer until, like, he gets, like, he got up because of the TV show, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so Bart asks Homer, uh, have you ever wet yourself? Well, he asks him a few questions about getting angry and stuff like that. And Homer's, and Bart's like, okay, you know what? Yes to all the questions. Yes to all the questions. Which, I mean... I kind of want to know it more. I want to know yeah. what the other questions are. So, but... so Homer takes his test back to the power plant. He's like, oh, did I pass? And uh, they take him away. <laughs> I love Smithers going, careful, he wets his pants. Careful, man. He wets his pants. Now, to be fair, if you're wetting your pants all the time, definitely seek out a doctor. And if they say there's nothing wrong with you, then maybe go seek out a psychiatrist. Because there, there, there could be something mentally wrong that's making you wet your pants all the time. We don't know. So, we're not psychologists. So then, yeah, we're not. Uh, and then we get a cutscene with uh, the ambulance 
which it was a great fake out because I thought like the ambulance was taking Homer to the insane asylum. Yeah. But it like drove past it. And we see new bedlam. Rest home for the emotionally interesting. <laughs> well, to be fair, inside this uh, lovely institution, we do some do see some uh, interesting people. We do. Uh, so we cut to the uh, doctor's office and they're uh, administering a Rorschach test to Homer. And for any of uh, you out there who don't know what that is, it is an ink block test. So they show you a little, they show you ink that's been like moved around on a piece of paper and you're supposed to be like, oh, that looks like this or that looks like that. And I like how Homer actually like answers what they look like. And they actually kind of look like that. Yeah. Uh, an ink an ink block test doesn't really have a real answer. Um. So the fact that Homer's is like it's ants going towards food, or I forgot what the other one was. But the final one is a picture that looks similar to Bart, and Homer just goes ballistic. He's like the boy, the boy, because you know he wants to strangle Bart because yep. Bart's the one that put him in the uh, mental institution. Yep. <laughs> and so. So the doctor's like, well, you're crazy. And Homer goes, well, how can you tell who is sane and who is insane? And the doctor stamps Homer's hand with the word insane. <laughs> we tell by this stamp on your hand. It's a good uh, good way to tell who's sane and who's insane. Now, do they have a sane stamp? Because I feel like you wouldn't have to. Well, you wouldn't need that. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel well, like don't, if you're now, in there. I, I've never been uh, admitted to a menstrual inst- institute. Thank God. Um, but I feel like you, wouldn't you just have like a hospital wristband? Yeah, usually. Like you wouldn't need to actually stamp the word insane on somebody's hand. They probably thought it was funny just to, okay, to be fair, when I worked at the airport, we had to get stamps for certain forms. And sure. my boss said, hey, why don't you go to, you know, our uh, Office Max style, like ordering and see what they had. And so you could order thousands of different types of stamps and there was even yeah. an option to create your own stamp maybe these guys were like yeah. you know what how funny would it be to have a stamp that says insane i mean with with ink that's completely irremovable that would drive me insane exactly and so they take homer to his room and he's like here you can go to the room with the big white guy who thinks he's a little black guy yeah <laughs> and it turns out that the big white guy thinks he's michael jackson because he greets greets homer hi i'm michael jackson from the jacksons and homer's like i'm homer simpson from the simpsons yeah that's i love that i I love that whole sequence because it's like oh he thinks he's a little black guy well yeah he thinks he's michael jackson yep and we don't know that until he introduces exactly and so we learn homer has never heard of michael jackson which, Which I thought kind of uh, strange, maybe pushing know. it a little bit because Homer Michael is Jackson a, was huge. He was, and Homer does have a slight musical knowledge. Like yeah. he, he, I mean, sixties and seventies music. I'd say his knowledge is top of the line. Yeah. But even if you don't like the music, but you watch enough TV and enough news programs, oh, yeah. you're gonna hear the name. And Homer and he obviously watches, reads the newspaper. He reads the he, newspaper, and he watches TV. Yep. So I, I could be hard pressed to think that he's never heard the name Michael Jackson, but yeah. Michael Jackson performs part of Billy Jean to see if he can kind of trigger his memory into thinking he's ever heard the song. And if you want to know if Michael Jackson actually sang this or not, check out the interview at the end where Mike Reese will tell a story 
about the singing parts in uh, Star Craving Dad is a great listen. And uh, Michael performs a moonwalk with Homer after, you know, kind of doing it. So it's like, how do you do that thing with your feet? <laughs> and so and so we showed him and Homer moonwalked completely backwards. Uh, can you moonwalk? No. You can't? I don't think it's so. It's not that hard. You just put your feet on the floor and you make it look like you're... Come on. You got better moves than I do. Maybe. I thought, moon, moonwalk? I thought, I thought moonwalking is when you just bounce on the moon. Like oh like Neil God. Armstrong. We're Neil moving Armstrong. on. We're moving on from that terrible joke. Um, so Homer asks why he's in, uh, why Michael's in there, and Michael goes, uh, "People thought he was crazy for wearing one white glove covered in rhinestones." And for anybody younger than the age, I would say probably twenty five, maybe twenty. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know who Michael Jackson is, that was like his style when he did concerts. He actually wore a white glove with rhinestones. He was a very flashy individual at least on stage and so after that we cut back to the simpsons household where bart and lisa are watching itchy and scratchy and they're watching the episode bang the cat slowly which Um, i don't quite understand that uh, title but but so it's it's scratchy's birthday and itchy puts a bomb in a present wraps scratchy's tongue around it and sends it into his mouth blowing up scratchy Scratchy's head goes in the air. His party hat lands on the neck hole with the pointy side up and his head goes through the party hat. That's what is that? A metal party hat? Jeez. Yeah, it's pretty violent. But I do like I do like how this is a birthday itchy and scratchy to kind of mirror it's Lisa's birthday coming up. Now, coincidence or does Krusty know that it's Lisa's birthday and he decided to play the episode for her? I'm going to go with coincidence. Okay. Because we do know that Lisa and Bart both are pretty much in Krusty's back pocket for saving his life. That is true. But I think maybe it was just a coincidence. Just a random coincidence. Hey, do you like Cards Against Humanity? I sure do. Well, what if you could play Cards Against Humanity Simpsons style? That would be amazing. Well, now you can. Check out Cards Against the Simpsons dot com to buy your very own set of Simpsons Against Humanity. You know, I see a lot of podcasts give out discount codes. Is there a promo code I could use? There sure is. Use promo code Simpsons Pod. That's S I M P S O N S P O D to receive a ten percent discount on Cards Against Humanity, the Simpsons way. I caramba, that's a good deal. But for all of our listeners out there, if you want a better deal, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to get a different promo code to save even more. That is correct. So head over to Facebook, The Simpsons Did It page, Instagram, Simpsons Did It pod, and Twitter, Simpsons Did It PC to get that code. And as always, everything's coming up Millhouse. So we go back to back to the mental institution and Michael is showing Homer around. And they're talking to people. And in the background, you see Hannibal Lecter, which it's a great touch. But but why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is funny. He's in the he's in the wheel or the what's that Dolly. thing called? Dolly looking Dolly. thing and re- has this face thing nice on. Man. So it was, um, it was pretty good. I mean, it's kind of your standard um, one. Background the, gag. Well, yeah. Well, and it's like the whole hospital does have the reminiscent of the one one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. Of the. Uh, mental institution. Yeah, which we'll get to. Uh, so a sign next to Hannibal says, you don't have to be crazy to 
God, I can't talk. You don't have to be crazy to be committed here, but it helps. Yes, yeah, because and- as we know, you can voluntarily commit yourself. So yep. And uh, then and just so to, they. Uh, well, I just want to just want to point out that there are a couple of other signs within oh, the sure. hospital. Um, there's one that says your mother isn't committed here, so clean up <laughs> after yourself. Oh, jeez, I missed that one. <laughs> yep. So there are some pretty funny uh, sign gags throughout the hospital. So then uh, Michael introduces Homer to Floyd, uh, who is a character from the movie Rain Man, who's able to do, you know, math. He's in very head. good at math. What's nine times five? 45. Wow. He's good. <laughs> that, that was such the, that was such, I really, I mean, I don't, that joke, I mean, landed uh, so hard, but I, it almost would have been funnier. Two plus two. Oh yeah. Like just something great. even like elementary would have yeah. been hilarious. And then, and so then they walk off and they run into a guy named chief who is, as Steve said, uh, based off a character in one flew over a cuckoo's nest. And he goes, oh, nobody's, uh, he, he's never spoken. And Homer goes, he goes, oh, hi, how are you? And the chief goes, oh, thank, good. Thanks for asking. And like, where did like those reporters come from? To be like, no, they were doctors. Like, I think oh, they were doctors. Maybe it, was a com- like, maybe it was a combination of both, but. And, and the chief just goes, well, nobody's ever talked to me before. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe people thought he was a big, scary guy and they didn't want to, they didn't want to poke the bear and. So but, nobody ever went to talk to him, but, but he's, the, a, he's a nice guy. Yep. Yeah, but in the Jack Nicholson, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, the chief did not talk. Like he was, oh, he was gotcha. mute and, uh, didn't say anything. I, I never watched oh, one flew over. You've never cuckoo. seen that. It's a good uh, movie. You should definitely, I've heard. definitely check that out. Uh, so Homer, uh, calls his family and on the phone, there's a couple of uh, numbers to dial out on. There's the Larry King show, Oprah, Phil Donahue, and uh, Geraldo, 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 yeah. and Ski Report. Ski Report. <laughs> so, so is uh, is the uh, institution next to Mount Springfield? I mean, or where maybe? did they go? Where did they go skiing in that Flanders episode? Was it Mount Springfield? Stupid, sexy Flanders. Yeah, the stupid, sexy Flanders. I don't remember the name of the 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 mountain they went skiing. Okay, at. we'll have to put a pin in that and come back to yeah. it because I wonder maybe this institution is near that that yeah. mountain. Um, and so Bart answers the phone, Joe's crematorium, you kill him, we grill him. God, I love Bart. <laughs> He's so good at the phone stuff. He it's just great. likes, he loves answering phones or making, making phone calls. Prank. Well, and, prank phone calls. <laughs> yep. And so we learn that it's actually Michael Jackson calling yeah. and... Bart's like, he's like, who are, he's like, who are you? I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? He's like, I'm Michael, Michael Jackson. And Bart's like the, well, no, I don't think he was like that. I think he, uh, kind of, yeah, he's like, prove it. You know, who'd you take to the Grammys? (laughs) And he names all of us by gum. You are Michael Jackson. And he's like, I I am coming over. I would prefer it if you, uh, Didn't didn't tell anyone. And obviously Bart's very first phone call is to Milhouse. Yeah. And then Milhouse calls like Kearney and Kearney calls. And then Snake. all of a sudden, and the coolest thing is you, you see Snake, you see the shot of Snake and he has that party at 2 PM yeah. thing right next. So it's the, he's in the same cell Yeah. when was it Bart had the party or yeah, yeah Bart had the party at their house when grandpa was, was babysitting. babysitting. So yeah. that was a really, really cool tie in. And so yeah. Bart hangs up the phone. It's like, mom, Homer's in a mental, mental institution. And then she's like, oh, my God. 
mother was right. <laughs> Wasn't there also a scene where uh, Lisa was this the same scene where Lisa was like, we all we we all joked about you sending Homer to the mental institution, but we didn't think it was actually going to happen. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Um, oh, that was so good. So then we cut back to the uh, mental institution, and Homer is like, "I gotta get out of here." And one of the patients tells Homer, "There's only one way out, and it's dating, dating a nurse." nurse. <laughs> and Homer, and Homer, because he's married, is not going to do it. Yep. And, and so, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and so you know, Mar, you know, Marge is upset, and she calls the mental institution. And the song that plays over the hotline is uh, called "Crazy" by Patsy Cline. I've never actually listened to it. I've never no. really listened to any Patsy Cline albums. No, but um, this, so this song, if for anyone listening, is from a company called Muzak. So M U Z A K. So they specialize in really annoying songs. <laughs> that are played in elevators, in stores. Not so much anymore. Uh, Most stores are allowed to play their own their own yeah. music. But back in the 90s, this company, Muzak, made really annoying music to play in places that you have yeah. to be at for yeah. a really long time. So you go completely crazy, which is why a mental institution would play their music. And Marge cries. And so we cut back to Michael and Homer, and Homer's having trouble sleeping. So Michael sings Homer to sleep. And apparently Homer talks in his sleep because he goes, <laughs> cakes, football, boobies. boobies. <laughs> oh my God. That was awesome. I want to know what he's been was dreaming about. Maybe just to, maybe like he was at a buffet and his favorite things were going by. Yeah. I, well, um, and so Michael uh, talks to a stuffed animal named Bubbles saying it's going to be a really long night. And Bubbles is at, was the name of the real Michael Jackson's monkey. Yes, the real Michael Jackson had a monkey named Bubbles. Yep, because he's Michael Jackson. Um, so we go to the next day, and Homer's attending a therapy group, and I like how Homer, like the guy's like, "Oh, this happened," and Homer's like, "Well, why don't you do this?" And the 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 doctor's like, "Well, that's not what he means." And like Homer just takes everything so literal. Yep, and so he has uh, what's called agoraphobia, which is fear a fear of, of going outside. Yep. And it was just so funny. Have you tried like, opening the door? <laughs> yeah, have you tried opening the door? <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. I mean, there's you should not a, make fun of people's mental illnesses. You know, we'll get to this at the very end, probably, or obviously you'll hear about it in the interview with Mike about uh, the episode being banned. But it's really funny. So the reason of the reason this episode was banned, but the this part, the kind of mocking someone with a disability. Yeah, uh, that still kind of has a, a tough enough connotation where maybe you probably shouldn't be saying no. In now it is 2020 yeah. in the 2000. Yeah, this, this, this episode as it is, regardless of all the other outside stuff, I don't think this episode would have been able to have been aired today. Today. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff in this episode that definitely. Don't be wrong. I laughed. Oh, yeah. Because it's funny and i'm not laughing at other people it's a joke you yep. but in today's culture this episode would probably not pass muster no not at all and so they go to the office and um so obviously marge you know yeah. called called them and got a hold of them and was like this is this is what's really going on yeah um 
And so uh, the doctor diagnoses Homer. So Marge, uh, Marge learns that Homer suffers from a pers- persecution complex, extreme paranoia, and bladder hostility. <laughs> and then she tells the nurse that might improve if she would talk to him for five minutes without mentioning Bart's name. Yeah. To which the nurse replies, you mean there really is a Bart? A Bart? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> so well, so obviously Homer How do you comes. Not, but here's the thing. So any any doctor's, a good doctor's office is going to take your family history. And Homer's going to be like, I have a son named Bart. He's 10. He's a monster. And they're probably going to follow up on it. So the fact that they're like, oh, oh, I guess it really was a part. It's a little, I mean, a little off, I guess. It's not really the word I'm looking for. But I feel like the doctor would know that he's married. He has three kids. He works at the power plant. His son's a monster. Yeah. Like all this stuff. And so obviously it's for the sake of the episode but still yeah and so after talking to marge the doctor doesn't believe homer is a threat to himself or others and homer responds by saying it's the most flattering thing anyone has said about him uh and he would like it in writing and so the doctor gives him a not insane certificate oh that's fantastic i wish i had a certificate that said i wasn't insane yeah i think everyone should get one Yes. Like, okay, so you take your personality test and you learn you're not insane and you get a little nice little plaque or something that says I'm not insane. Yes. That'd be that'd be nice. And so uh, Michael Jackson uh, was in the asylum voluntarily because he asked it, you know, he was like, oh, Michael, would you like to come home with us and, yeah. and stay? And he's like, oh, it's just in the in the, uh, voluntarily. And so. This is because of his uh, 1979 album, Off the Wall, only got one lousy Grammy nomination. And according to reports, the real uh, this actually happened. Uh, the real, well, the real Michael Jackson actually was upset about the fact that he only got that one nomination. So I like the fact that they actually worked in some real world stuff into this episode. And as you'll learn from our interview with Mike, uh, Michael Jackson actually did have quite a bit of input. In this in this episode. episode, yeah, Lisa's in the kitchen with Maggie singing "Happy Birthday" to herself after after all this, and it's obviously it's very sad because not only there. well, not only did Bart you know forget because she Bart promised her that she would gift. give her a gift. Nobody's there, like Marge, yeah. Homer, no one is is there. Yeah. And so then Bart gets a phone call. I think it was from Homer, right, saying they were on their way home. Yep, and he goes. Joe's taxidermy, you snuff him, we stuff him. <laughs> uh, I want to know how many more of these Bart has in his back pocket. God, I hope These are a lot. great. He, uh, so they're like, Homer tells Bart to have all this stuff ready. And Michael Jackson was like, I'm a vegetarian and don't, don't drink. And uh, it was reported uh, Michael Jackson was a vegetarian in 88. So, you know, working more real life stuff in. Yep. And so... Bart swears he won't tell. Wait, didn't we already discuss how he called everybody? Oh, maybe we skipped ahead. Well, I thought maybe not. Okay, so I guess this was the call. Sorry, yeah, guys, this, that was this... my mistake. I thought I thought when Bart talked to Michael Jackson in the hospital was when he made these phone calls. No, because was... this this time because then he was like, "Oh yeah, I promise I won't tell anybody," and he immediately calls Millhouse. 
and Mel House calls Kearney and so on and so forth. And we see Snake. So we've already gone over this. Steve yep. got a little ahead of us. That was That's my fine. bad. I mis- missed uh, spoke on the episode. Yeah. So then we cut to Quickie Mart where Apu is like, well, can I go? I've never closed the store before. And so he closes the store and we see a sign that says, we never close. And on the flip <laughs> side of that, it says closed for the first time ever ever so now Apu's got to get a new sign i know sad he was he was trying to hold on to that sign for so long i know and then uh we also learn that uh from uh diamond joe quimby that the dalai lama visited springfield in 1952 yep it's because he's like nothing nothing like this has ever happened in springfield since the dalai lama visited springfield in 1952 then michael jackson pulls up with uh, the Simpson family and they all get out of the car and they all, yep. they're all there to see Michael. They're all with their signs. They're all ready to rock and roll. Michael Jackson gets out and he's like, hi. And everyone's like, who's that? That's some big fat guy who weighs like 300 pounds. And they all get upset. <laughs> and then mayor Quimby is like, God, this town sucks. And then like yeah. wanders off the stage. Cause you know, they got us basically got his hopes up for, yeah. For being like, there. Okay. And I like how I like how the entire lawn is left in complete shambles <laughs> and signs and crap everywhere. And, and Lisa, Lisa is like, I'd be angry at you, but because, you know, Bart forgot his birthday or her birthday. But, you know, the town's already pissed at him. So, yep. And she's like, we're only brother and sister in name. Yeah. She writes a note to Bart because she's upset because she didn't get her birthday gift. Yep. Um, and. Wanna- and so just one other thing I just wanted to make mention. So the Springfieldians waiting for Michael Jackson yeah. in the lawn. I got a list of them. Okay. Because I like making lists. So sure. there's Mayor Quimby, Mo, yep. Dr. Yep. Marvin Monroe, Kent Brockman, Chief Wiggum, Helen Lovejoy, Grandpa, Patty and Selma, Ned and Todd Flanders. So oh. no, no Maude or uh, Rod. Millhouse. Which, okay, to be fair, why is Ned and Todd waiting in the Simpsons yard? Could they just yeah, they could just be in their own their yard. Their own yard. Um, Sherry and Terry, Professor Lombardo, nice. Dr. Hibbert, Apu, Principal Skinner's mother, uh, Princess Cashmere, Jasper, Groundskeeper Willie, Dr. Nick Riviera, Kearney Wendell, Springfield Isotopes owner, Antoine Tex O'Hara, and the man sporting... Um, and the man from sporting events with the rainbow hair, uh, and John 316 sign, who is always trying to get on camera at sporting events. Oh yeah. Real name, Rockin' Roland Stewart. Yep. He's a real guy. Look him up. Yep. Nope. I, I, yeah, I read about that. So that's, yeah, that's, the, that's all the people that were waiting at the Simpsons yard for, uh, yeah. That's um, a lot of people. Yeah. And so as we learn, you know, Bartley's broke his problem with Salisa and, so Bart's kind of upset and Bart uh, wants to write an original uh, cheesy song. Yeah. And so he goes down to Michael Jackson and he's like, well, uh, what do you like? What What do you like to do when you're 10 or what happens to you when you turn eight? Yeah. Uh, the training wheels come off and Michael Jackson says, your training wheels come off your bike. And Bart's like, oh, that's so cheesy. Yeah. And so all night they work and work and work and try to, you know, figure out you know, a good song. And so Bart and Michael bring the piano into Lisa's room, which for those <laughs> oh of you God. who have ever tried to move a piano, they're heavy. They're heavy. 
But, I mean, you know, I mean, Bart really didn't do anything. Michael Jackson did all of it. Yeah. And it's I mean, I mean, he's a big guy. He might be able to push a giant piano up a flight yeah. of stairs, but getting it down is going to be a lot more difficult. And yeah. I like how Bart wakes Lisa up in the same way that he was woken up by Lisa yeah. that morning. She's like, why are you waking me up at 6 a.m.? I got your birthday present. present. Yep. And so we get the Lisa's birthday song. So yep. uh, I'm not going to sing it because I'm sure you guys don't want to hear me sing. Uh, we got Lisa, it's your birthday. God bless you this day. You've given me the gift of a little sister and I'm proud of you today. Lisa, it's your birthday. Happy Happy birthday, Lisa. Lisa, Lisa it's, it's your, birthday. your birthday. And uh, I wish you love and goodwill. I wish you peace and joy. I wish you better than your heart desires and your first, first kiss, kiss from, from a boy. boy. And then they do the Lisa, it's your birthday thing. And she's like, oh my God, this is the best present I've ever gotten. You know, to be perfectly honest, whenever I watch this episode now and I see that scene... I, it just, it hits me in a way where it's just, it's so crazy. And like, I tear up a little bit. Yeah. It's just, it's so pure. It's so good. I, I, I don't know what it is about the scene. It's just, it, it's like one of those magical moments in a TV show that you just, I never forget, forget, like I still sing the happy birthday song oh, or the Lisa birthday song. It's by just, far. One of the most, like, it's such an iconic scene to me, and it's so well-written, and it's so good. I I love it. Like, this entire episode, to be we should all We should all write a letter to Disney and say, bring back this episode. I mean, I get why it was canceled. Or, uh, I do, too. Banned. I Band. get it. I get it because of the, outside the void, stuff. the outside stuff. But as we learn... It's not, I mean, it's not even really Michael Jackson. It's some dude portraying Michael Jackson. Yeah, I get that. As he, we'll learn in the interview. I mean, I, I get that he voiced it, but. Well, to be ah, fair, geez. he's not even credited. Well, no, he's credited as John J. Smith because, um, as we learned, can contractual obligations at the time of, uh, at the time prevented the show from confirming that the real Michael Jackson supplied his voice. Yeah. And so. so but then we learned that. Okay, so we also learn about Michael Jackson and his singing in the episode. So there, there's a lot of things with this episode that I would say this is a fantastic, amazing episode. Yes, and it, it bring it back, bring Disney. it back, bring it back. Do it's it, a heartfelt. Cowards. It's a heartfelt episode. Just bring it back. Anyway, let's get off our rant. So yeah. during the song, we actually see a newspaper headline: <laughs> Michael Jackson hoax. Everyone mad at local boy. <laughs> I love that. That was so good. Even in that, even in that sweet moment where Michael and Bart are singing to Lisa, they still are able to inject the right kind of humor into the scene. It is so wonderfully done. Yep. And so after the song is over, we learn <laughs> that Michael's real name is Liam Co- Leon, Leon Kapowski, Kapowski, and he's a bricklayer from New Jersey. And I like how his voice just completely changed. And so he's like, you know, he leaves the house. He thanks the Simpsons. I like how the fact while he's walking down the street, he's actually singing happy birthday, Lisa. And fun fact, the voice at the end was Hank Azaria. Oh, really? Yeah. He voiced that last little bit at the end. It wasn't even the real Michael Jackson. That's crazy. 
And so, but and I like how he's not even really singing the right words. Yeah. Like, it's just Doo-doo-doo. a Doo-doo. birthday. And so, yeah, I mean, well, I guess, I guess you couldn't have it as Michael Jackson's voice because it was yeah. not Michael Jackson. So Hank Azaria kind of makes sense. And, and, uh, and then the credits roll and we actually see here Lisa's birthday song playing over yeah. the credits, which I also like that Lisa had a sax solo in the credits. See, I didn't listen through the entire credits. I should probably what did we talk about now. last episode or two episodes ago? <laughs> now we have to listen Ooh. to the credits. Gosh darn it. Now, now, for those of you that don't know or do know because we're mentioning it, obviously Disney Plus doesn't have this episode on uh, Disney Plus. Yes. Me and my brother each had to go out in our own respective copy. cities <laughs> and find a, a shop that sold... Um, Season three. Season three of The Simpsons. So we could actually do this episode for you today because it was pulled from YouTube. It was literally pulled from everywhere syndication. We never had it recorded on tape, which I looked through all five of my Simpsons tapes that I taped when I was a kid. No Stark Raving Dad. So we definitely put in some effort to... Bring Make sure you guys episode. can have this episode. There are, there are literally two ways you can watch you can watch this episode. You own the DVD or you taped it as a kid. Yep. As so. of right now. So, final thoughts on the episode. I mean, I I think you kind of heard it throughout the entire <laughs> recording today. I mean, I'm giving this a 5. Everything's coming up Millhouse. It's a 5. I'm just, I, I'm, not, I'm just going to interject. It's a 5. I, Everything's yeah. coming up Millhouse. I mean, th- this was I mean, obviously there's going to be really good season premieres for the Simpsons throughout. I mean, the next, you know, seven, eight, nine seasons. Um, I, it's just amazing what the writers did. Mike, it was amazing to talk to him and learning all the brand new information that you'll hear at the end in about, you know, 10 minutes, just the songs, the random poem from Lisa, which was as weird as it was. It definitely fit the episode. Yeah. Uh, all the little, all the little side gags. It's so like, as I said, in our uh, season two finale episode, I had mentioned that the season one, season three, episode one of the Simpsons, I absolutely enjoy. And I love this episode, the song at the end, the, the way, you know, the, the plotting of the episode, the insane asylum, all the different side gags. I said it in season two, episode 22, they set a high bar for season three and I know they're going to clear it because there are some fantastic episodes and I'm going to say it now season uh, episode two is even better than episode one. I was saying it right now. I can't go higher than a five because we've set that boundary. But yeah, we don't season- have a number higher than five right now, folks. And we're not going to get a higher number than five, but I, Season three to me is, I'm not going to say the best season of the Simpsons, but it is up there for me. Yeah. I mean, just have I, I think it's episodes. just cause it's the start of the era of oh, good yeah. seasons. Like season three really kind of gets the ball rolling on what good consistently good oh, yeah. Simpson episodes. This, this, can this be. is definitely the start of the golden age of the Simpsons. Yep. Like, and so, and so, yeah, and as as Robert's been saying, I mean, we got a great season three coming for you guys. Um, look forward to more guests like Mike that you'll hear in a minute. We got a yep. couple more Simpson uh, 
uh, I guess, creators or people that worked on The Simpsons coming through. And we have a returning guest. We have a returning guest and hopefully a couple returning guests. We're going to yeah. talk to a few people and uh, we like everything that's been going on so far. So thank you to everyone that's been listening and all of our new listeners that have joined us. Um, so thank you and welcome to season welcome. three. Uh, so let's close it out with our uh, character profile. And this week, probably the only week you'll have it, is we're going to give you two character profiles. One is for Michael Jackson. The other one is for Leon Kampowski. Yes. Because basically they were like the same person. Just one yes. of them was insane. Yes. Um, so Michael Jackson, his occupation, king of pop from Gary, Indiana. Interesting. I actually didn't know he was from Gary, yeah, Indiana. Yeah, he's from Gary, Indiana, the smelliest worst place on earth. <laughs> I was going to say, it's one of the worst places in the United States. <laughs> or smelliest places on Smell earth. Us. Okay, maybe not the worst, but definitely the smelliest. Yes. Uh, Leon, sorry we just exiled all of our Gary, Indiana fans. <laughs> Please come back. Um, they, they know. They know, they know where they live. They know where they live. Uh, Leon Kampowski, bricklayer from Patterson, New Jersey. New Jersey is also a smelly place. I've never been, but I've heard. <laughs> Don't mock Kevin Smith's home state. Okay, I'm maybe sure Kevin Smith mocks Kevin yeah. Smith's home state. <laughs> no, he loves it. All right, so accomplishments. Uh, Michael Jackson. U.S. Magazine called him the most famous man in the world. Known for his victory tour, the songs Thriller, Billie Jean, and Beat It, and Who Dates Are at the Grammys. Who, yeah. Who is it, whose dates are he, he? He knows. He knows. He knows whose all his dates are. He's pretty good Billie at it. Jean. Or what? Right, I'm okay. not gonna sing. I'm not gonna sing. <laughs> Don't sing. Uh, Kampowski, very angry all of his life until one day he began talking like Michael Jackson. Voluntarily committed himself to the new Bedlam rest home for the emotionally interesting. Yes, that's a pretty good accomplishment. I mean, I guess. Yeah, having Michael Jackson's voice—that's a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, known as. Jackson, creator of the moonwalk. Kampowski, <laughs> layer of many bricks. I mean, he's a bricklayer. Exactly. That's what they do. That's they what he's bricks. known as. Yes. Uh, body type. Jackson, a vegetarian who does not drink. Kampowski, a hulking 300-pound mental patient. I mean, that would be kind of scary to see a 300-pounder in a mental institution. Yeah, pretty big guy. Yeah. So... Amazing, amazing uh, start to the season, guys. Um, yep. So, a couple things I would like to say, since um, this is the first episode from having it. Um, I would like to, first of all, thank Mark F., who is our very first uh, supporter of the Simpsons Did It podcast. If you guys would like to support our podcast, uh, stop over to buymeacoffee.com backslash Simpsons did it and you can feel free to donate to our podcast. Yes. Um, there's several different levels of donations. Don't feel like you have to go all out, but our donations right now are going to go towards getting you guys uh, some swag uh, stickers, yes. shirts, maybe some beer cozies. We don't quite know yet. Unfortunately, as of the recording of this episode, by the time this epi yeah. episode, by the time you're hearing this, we might have some stuff ready to go and ship out for you guys. Um, and more people might have been supporters by then. So if Mark, yes. you're not the only one, then thank you to everyone else who is supporting our podcast. 
Um, but feel free to head over there. I'm going to post a link. Um, there, oh, there is a link on our, uh, Instagram page, our link tree. You can find it there and on Facebook, uh, feel free to head over there and we're going to get some stuff on there, uh, hopefully soon to let you guys know what we're going to be giving away for all of our supporters. Yep. So thanks again. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and um, Facebook and Facebook. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, Instagram, the Simpsons did it pod, Twitter, Simpsons did it PC and Facebook, uh, the Simpsons did it podcast. Uh, check out all of our weekly things that we, uh, do. We post weekly. Um, and then, uh, you can head over to YouTube if you want to rewatch them. Uh, we got, uh, our podcast in video format, uh, to search the Simpsons did it podcast on there and check out all our podcasts like subscribe and like um unfortunately uh, right at this point they're still showing up after the initial launch so um hopefully we get caught up eventually but i do like our listeners hearing us first and foremost on uh your favorite podcast platform before youtube uh but make sure you head on over there and subscribe so stay tuned um after we sign off for Mike Reese's uh, interview with me and Robert and learn a little bit more about Stark Raving Dad. So until next time, I'm Steven Sklansky. I'm Robert Sklansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. <laughs> and welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Steven Sklansky. I'm your co-host, Robert Sklansky. And today we are starting season three of The Simpsons. And... We thought we would uh, start it off very special. We uh, have a guest um, for season three, episode one, and he is a, a writer, producer, and showrunner for The Simpsons, and he co-wrote season three, episode one, and he was also the co-creator of The Critic. So for all those people who have seen uh, the Jay Sherman episode of The Simpsons and no, John Lovitz from our previous episodes of The Simpsons Did It. Um, I would like to welcome to the show uh, Mike Reese. Hi, great to be here. Thanks a lot. Thanks Absolutely. You. Thank, you for coming. Thank you for coming on. Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned, we'll be uh, talking about uh, season three, episode one, Stark Raving Dad. But just a first question for you um, that I do like to ask all of our guests. Um, obviously, you started with the Simpsons at the very beginning, um, in 1989, I guess, how were you introduced to the, uh, idea of the Simpsons and, uh, starting off? Um, I used to watch the Tracy Ullman show where the one minute Simpson shorts appeared. I mean, that's where they were born. And, I saw them, I, I real, I, you know, I didn't even like them. The very first ones, <laughs> it's very funny about the Simpsons shorts because the Simpsons obviously loves to rehash its test three and sell every iteration of the show in every format they have, except for those Simpsons shorts. You can't find them anywhere. And I, I have a VHS tape of an hour of the Matt Groening one-minute, three-minute Simpsons short cartoons but uh, there's some weird viewing. I mean, especially very early on, they look horrible. The voices are weird. The animation's choppy. And the sensibility is all over the place. You see Maggie falling down the steps. And Maggie, I have a great one of Maggie sticking a fork in an electrical socket. Oh, and she gets electrocuted and loves it. 
you know? <laughs> so, so anyway, I saw those. I used to watch Tracy Ullman show. Those things started appearing, you know, about a year into the show. And I didn't love them, and then I did love them. You know, there was just a little learning curve. And uh, Matt Groening's work was very well known in L.A. prior to that. Matt Groening, you know, had his cartoon, Life in Hell, that yep, would appear yep. in the local papers. And I loved that. I would buy Matt Groening books. I was giving that guy money before I ever met him. I would buy collections of his cartoons. So very big fan of his. Yeah, and the, I do think it's kind of funny you brought up the Maggie thing because as we kind of talk through season one and two, it seemed like Maggie is still getting into trouble and wandering around and not really having adult supervision sometimes. Yeah, there's a, there's a funny thing with Maggie, which is uh, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, she doesn't appear in the scripts. And so the animators would have kind of free reign just to, write her into storyboards and have her doing stuff in the background. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes I think they that would come directly from the animators, not from the script. Oh, gotcha. That's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, so for the uh, episode, Stark Raving Dad, what was your favorite part about writing this episode? Um, you know, the, the favorite thing to jump right into it was meeting Michael Jackson, being in that Michael Jackson world. Oh, that's kind of cool. I, I, I really, I, it may not be necessary. I'd love to preface this for anyone who's, let's say, 20 years old or younger, which is you, you can't fathom how big Michael Jackson was at that <laughs> point in history. I mean, you probably have a sense, oh, he was a superstar and all that, but he was... He was gigantic, worldwide celebrity on a daily basis in a level that nobody has touched since. It's not like, <laughs> oh, he was big the way Lady Gaga is big or Justin yeah. Bieber or someone like that. He was big on a whole other level. There was just before him was the Beatles and before him was Elvis. And literally nobody in the 35 years since has been that big. He just dominated the media. And in fact, Al Jean and I had made an early career off of Michael Jackson. Our first TV job was uh, working on a show called Not Necessarily the News. It was a, a contemporary sketch comedy show. And we would just write Michael Jackson sketches. That was, that was <laughs> oh, 80% of what we did. And... He always gave you fresh material to write about, and and so uh, so he was, and and you know they they used a lot of it. We became the Michael Jackson guys on that show. So he's been very very good to me. Yeah, I mean, who who got to make the call to him to be the guest? Was that you or Al, or was that someone no. else on staff? No, this had been, I, I, like anybody else, I had to go to Wikipedia to find out how this all happened. And uh, apparently he contacted the Simpsons first. Saying, oh, really? uh, Yeah, he contacted, I think, Matt Groening said, I love the show, I want to be on the show. And then uh, I know the three executive producers, Matt Groening, Sam Simon, and James L. Brooks, met with Michael to discuss what he would do on the show and that kind of thing. 
And the one funny story, I know I wasn't there, and they're having this meeting with Michael, and uh, at one point he says, you know, if you want, I could write an original song for the episode. And one of the executive producers goes, no, I don't think that'll be necessary. <laughs> and the other two are going, shut up. Oh and, it, and Michael's going, I swear, I don't think it'll be a lot of trouble. And the producer's still going, no, no, we don't want to put you through that. And the other two are going, would you shut up? Oh, that's, so, that's crazy. So that's all I know about that meeting. Uh, and so they came to us and they, uh, they said, Michael Jackson wants to do the show. Everybody go home this weekend and think of an episode for Michael Jackson. And nobody much came up with anything. I remember Sam Simon, who uh, sort of famously volatile, uh, calls everyone in and says, all right, what are your ideas? I gave you an assignment, and no one had anything. And he yelled at them, and it was the only real yelling ad I I remember the staff ever getting. Yeah, I know uh, in an interview I heard with Al Jean, a lot of times episodes came up from just personal experiences, like stuff that you kind of experienced through your childhood or through your life. So I was wondering if, you know, the idea of Homer going, you know, being crazy or, you know, wearing the pink shirt, uh, some someone had that experience in their life and showed up to work with a pink shirt and got made fun of and called crazy because i think just in the 90s in general where men wearing pink wasn't the the norm as it is now correct yes that's an interesting theory but it's completely wrong now the uh al and i i thought had a really a nice idea not as good as what the show became but we did we are we were the ones we had an idea to pitch and it was something from both of our childhoods which was a friend invites us over to his house for a sleepover. And you get to the house, and he's really poor. He's really poor. And that's, you know, it would have been Bart's, you know, Michael Jackson would have been the poor kid in school. And uh, just, uh, you know, Bart having this realization, oh, we're better off than I knew, you know? And yeah. I don't know. I know, I know that's a, it's, it's an interesting story idea, and we still haven't done it. Uh, but that was what we came in with. But then vir- uh, virtually everything in that story, the, what became the Michael Jackson episode, just came from James L. Brooks. I mean, okay. we are the credited writers on this, and it was a lot of work putting it together. But that whole plot line, the pink shirt, the mental hospital, the mental patient who thinks he's Michael Jackson, that was all Jim Brooks. So, okay. so yeah, when... Uh, yeah, he did that. We kind of filled in the jokes in between. So the writing of it, you were asking about that. It was This was at a time when Al and I were about to take over running The Simpsons. You know, we'd been writers, and they're saying, we're putting you in charge of the show, which scared the living crap out of us. We'd never run. <laughs> I couldn't, I didn't know how to run a dishwasher, and suddenly I'm running <laughs> The Simpsons. So so they go, all right, you're going to be running the show, and here's your first episode. It stars the biggest star in the world. Oh. So, And then they said, and you got to write it. Now, we were working uh, like 80, 90 hours a week anyhow. We were working, we'd come wow. in at 8 in the morning, and we would leave at uh, midnight every day. And then on top of that, that's when we would have to start 
writing this episode. And we did it. And yep. the only thing I remember about the writing was it was not a strain. We mostly had a lot of fun. And again, Jim Brooks gave us a lot of framework to work on. Um, and then I, would, I found out years later, one reason the pressure seemed so low was Al didn't think they were ever going to do the episode. Oh. He, he wasn't sweating it. You know, Al's, Al's a very focused, meticulous worker. But I think he was taking it a little easier because he just thought Michael Jackson's never going to do The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did. I, I did read something where Michael actually didn't do the singing parts in the episode. Yes, is that that's true. Okay, that why? is that, that is the eternal question. Why? Yeah, Michael. Uh, uh, I was giving Jim Brooks credit for for the whole story. Michael brought two things to the show. One is he said, "I want to do a scene where." Well, he wanted to do a scene where Michael and Bart stay up all night together. Yeah. And I think he wanted them to write a song together. I think that was his idea. He also contributed a great idea. I should say, Al and I, before we wrote the script, wrote a 20-page outline for the episode. And that's an unreadable document. An outline <laughs> is the most boring way to present an episode. It's just, this happens, then this happens, then someone yeah. does something funny, then this is 20 pages, single space of description. And Michael read the whole thing. Wow. He, we had a joke about Prince in there that he made us change to Elvis. Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, his only other note is he said he pitched the idea. He said, he said uh, Homer should call home and say, Michael Jackson is coming to stay. And Bart tells everybody in town. And, you know, that's that's all of Act 3. That's a huge yeah. turn in the episode, and that was Michael's idea. Wow. That's pretty cool to have, you know, someone like that give input on a show. And, I mean, the fact that The se the Simpsons was only, you know, two year two seasons in at the time, and I know, as I mean, as it goes on, you get larger and larger uh, uh, guest stars, but, I mean... It just seems like earlier on you had Danny DeVito, which, you know, he was pretty new. John Lovitz, I mean, he's mm -hmm. been around. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, and it, it's it's just funny to hear that, you know, someone of Michael Jackson's caliber reaching out and saying, hey, I want to be in this. And not only that, but actually, you know, contribute to, to the episode. But then, obviously, we all see in the credits that it, the guest voice was John J. Smith. Was that his decision, or was that... Yes, I mean, when Michael Jackson does the show, you do whatever he wants. So yeah. that was it. There was a funny thing, which was when he said he was going to come in to do the show, I believe it was his manager. Someone on his management team said, this is what Michael needs. He needs a trailer on the lot. It's got to be heated to 90 degrees. He needs fresh flowers in there. He needs four kinds of bottled water. And we did all this stuff for him. And then Michael, the day of the record, he just walks into the studio. I don't think he even knew that trailer was there. He didn't care. He walked in. He was just a guy. He was just a regular yeah. guy. He shook hands with everyone. He was nice. This was, uh, this was about three noses before the end. He, oh. looked, <laughs> he looked really good. He was a very yeah. handsome guy. 
Uh, he was in great shape. He was buff. He, he was not yeah. like this, this waifish thing. He seemed very wiry and strong and had no entourage. He came alone. Everything about it was, was very fun and exciting. And I got to tell this one story. because um, We're sitting down to read the script out loud. We got our cast. We got Michael. We got all the writers and producers. We're sitting around a table, and Sam Simon goes, well, let's start off. We want to have a big Simpsons round of applause for Michael. And you see Michael Jackson getting ready to take a bow. He said, we want to have a big Simpsons round of applause for Michael Reese, who just won $100 playing playing phone Jeopardy. And you see Michael looked completely baffled, and then he smiles, and he applauds for me because I won 100 bucks playing Jeopardy on the phone. So, again, a very good sport. So, That's funny. I'm getting to your question about the singing. So we're getting, okay. we're recording Michael's dialogue all morning. We do the dialogue first, then we're going to do the singing. Now, Michael is a terrible actor. He cannot yeah. act. And he's, James L. Brooks, an Oscar-winning director, came in to direct Michael's performance. And, I, you know... You can hear the episode. He's not great. And, yeah. you know, he's doing the best he can. And uh, But we know, well, the afternoon's going to be better because that's when he does the singing. That's when he yep. sings Thriller and Ben and Lisa, It's Your Birthday. And so we take lunch break. Afternoon comes. Time to record the singing. And this little shrimpy white guy walks in. And uh, we go, who's this? And he said, he said this is Kip. This is my authorized sound alike. And <laughs> there was a guy who, when Michael Jackson didn't feel like singing, this guy, Kip Lennon, would come in and sing as Michael Jackson. And uh, there, again, just anyone who's old enough to remember that Michael did these commercials for the California Raisins. Yeah. And that wasn't Michael either. That was oh. Kip Lennon. And so Kip Lennon comes in to do the singing while Michael's there, and uh, we said, Michael, why are you doing this? And he goes, it's a joke on my brothers. And we go, <laughs> okay, okay, why should anything make sense? So, yeah. so Kip Lennon is there doing the singing, and Michael is standing two feet away just watching him imitate him and <laughs> laughing and laughing. He thought this was so funny, and... Here's a key thing, if you can see that episode again, and it used, it was up on YouTube up until a couple of weeks ago, but if you listen to the singing again, you can see Kip Lennon is making fun of Michael. He's not just, he's oh. not trying to do his best Michael Jackson impersonation. He's, he's parodying him. He's pushing it too hard, and Michael thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it seems like between Michael Jackson and Prince, just the stories I've heard, they're almost like the same type of person. Yeah. Like, uh, it It's just funny to, to think, oh my God, someone, you know, someone's in the room that wants to make, you know, more or less make fun of them. And I don't know if that's just a ego thing, like how big Michael Jackson knew he was and like, ah, oh, someone can make fun of me. It's so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I mean, again, it was very strange. We were a little disappointed. 
but I will say the just to jump back in the sequence of things. Before we had this recording session at Fox on a Monday morning, we had to have we had a read through of the script, a table read, and we had to go to Michael's manager's house for that. And it was it's a man named Sandy Gallen who's passed away. Sandy Gallen was handling Michael Jackson and Dolly Parton and Barbara Streisand and Kenny Rogers, all of them when they were at the peak of their fame and. His house looked like a hotel, and he, he, it was so huge, and his kitchen looked like a restaurant kitchen. And he said something I've never heard anyone else say. He said, you know, I haven't, I haven't been in every room of my house. Oh, my God. So anyway, so we had the reading at, uh, at Sandy Gallon's house, and I'm sitting right next to Michael Jackson, and at the read-through, he did all the singing. We didn't know this uh-huh. this sound alike was going to come along. So I was literally sitting two feet away from Michael when he sang Ben and Thriller and yeah. that. So it's, I, I partly, I guess, tell that story just so people know, oh, Michael Jackson really could sing. He didn't need yeah. a sound alike, but very yeah, so weird. Prince, so Prince has been mentioned a couple times now, and I read that they were thinking about doing a sequel to Stark Raving Dad with Prince's The Voice. Uh Cur- do you know anything about that? Or? Uh, yes, I know everything about it. <laughs> uh, no, that was we did that whole you know Leon Kampowski episode of Michael Jackson, and it was again James L. Brooks, who I believe was working with Prince at the time. Uh, Jim Brooks was making a musical. Prince was okay. going to do the music, and then they wound up releasing the movie without the music. So he said, "Let's have Leon Kampowski come back." Only this time he thinks he's Prince, and uh, and we worked it all out, and it was going to be it was sort of good, you know. It was great that Prince had this whole different persona he could bring with him, and yeah. he was Prince was going to or the Leon Kampowski thinking he was Prince was going to transform all of Springfield, make it much more sensual, and give it much more style, and you know Prince had all had such a distinctive look and fashion yeah. style to him. So we had that script written. And again, I, I think this time we were a little leery. We weren't sure this was going to come off. So yeah. we had freelance writers come in to write the episode. Oh, uh, they, they did a nice job. Then we, we said, well, it needs a polish. And we handed it to our newest junior writer on the staff, who was uh, Conan O'Brien. Oh, oh my God. And Conan did a great job. He really got that script into good shape. And we sent the script to Prince. And Prince writes back. He says, I love the script. I want to do it. Here's all I ask. He had no notes on the script, but he goes, I want to wear my gold mesh veil on page three. I want to wear the purple harem pants on page 11. And it was all these fashion notes on the script. And we're looking at the script and go, these page numbers don't correspond to anything in the script. And we go, what's going on here? And what it turns out was uh, Prince's chauffeur had written his own episode of Prince appearing on The Simpsons. And that's the script Prince wanted to do. And that's the one he had the fashion notes on. And when we we said, no, 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 that's not the script we want to do. Here's the script. Leon, you're coming back as Leon Kampowski, and 
he said, no, I don't want to do that. And uh, I can understand. You're yeah. a superstar. It's like, well, here you are reprising this role of Michael Jackson. So he turned that down. And it's so funny. I just hadn't thought of any of this since it happened 30 years ago, which was we dug up the script Prince read to see if we could use that. You know, yeah. we had Prince was on board. He liked it. And I just don't remember that there was anything in it we felt we could use. So... It just never happened. No prints on the Simpsons. Yeah, it seems kind of, I mean, with all the celebrities that have been on the Simpsons throughout the years that, I mean, at some point he might, might wanted to, to come back and say, oh, you know what? Remember that time? And, <laughs> yeah. And let me do it. But uh, yeah, it just, that's, that's awesome. I've heard a lot of stories with the way Prince is just, you know, on set and basically in his life and. It kind of makes sense that, you know, some of, I bet he, I mean, to be fair, I wonder if he knew what Leon Kapowski even looked like. Had he seen the Michael Jackson episode? Uh, I don't know. I don't like, know. I don't, I don't begrudge him. And again, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the one change Michael Jackson wanted in the script was he didn't want to mention Prince. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I see it. These Here's two kind of very similar guys, you know super talented, you know, African-American performers, sort of androgynous. They're very similar superstars. And I think Michael Jackson ruled the roost and here's Prince coming up on a parallel track. You can see them wanting to steer clear of each other. We're we're negotiating, we're sort of trying to put them on a collision course. So I get it. I get it. It what's too bad, I think, is if we had done Leon Kapowski thinks he's Prince and made an episode out of it. You know, I think it, that would have been something we did every year. Every year, Leon would come back as another superstar. Yeah, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that. I mean, that'd be awesome to bring it into you know I don't, season thirty three or something like have him come back as a new superstar, like making that reappearance. Yeah, I mean that would make for uh, great television. Yes, I, well, too bad. Yeah, I think yeah. it's too bad I'm only having the idea now. No, it, it would have been funny, and I think it would have been, we could have done it like Mass Singer or something, too. It's like, you won't believe who Leon thinks he is this yeah. year. Yep. So, oh, that, no. that would be so awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, another, did Michael have to approve his appearance on the show, or did he not necessarily care what he looked like? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he had any input on that design. Yeah, it just seems kind of, you know, obviously it wasn't meant, to, it was meant to be Michael, he, the guy who thinks he's Michael Jackson, so obviously drawing him as Michael Jackson would have been, you know, out of that realm, but to know if he actually approved of how he was thought to be portrayed would be kind of an interesting yeah. interesting no. way to no you know and that was it for he was involved in this thing and yet you know no interference from the guy no objection he was only a positive contributor to the whole thing he wrote that song you know he wrote the song uh do the bart man too there you know yeah. big big hit song off of the simpsons first album he wrote that, and both times, you know, he just took no credit. He used wow. uh, pseudonyms. Yeah, and it's, it is funny how many guests early on used, you know, either didn't want to be credited in the credits or, you know, 
And I, from what I've heard, it's a lot of it's like, oh, we didn't know if the Simpsons were going to go that far or if the content was good for me to have my name attached to it. Yeah. So uh, one thing me and my brother do like to discuss, this doesn't necessarily have to do with the episode itself, but it, it kind of does. So at the beginning of obviously every episode, we see a chalkboard gag. Correct. And this episode was, I am not a dentist. Yeah. And we always like joking around to figure out what Bart did to wind up <laughs> writing that on the chalkboard. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was wondering if that was something you guys did in the writer's room as well. Like, you know what? This week it's going to be this, and this is why Bart wound up writing on the chalkboard. No, no. I mean, you know, I'm glad you you kind of like that joke because I, I was just rewatching. Go, oh, it's pretty mild. That but, one, yes, that one is pretty mild compared to selling property in Florida and yeah. <laughs> but it, I, you know, it's a it's a decent joke in that you go. That's it. The whole point of the joke is what did Bart do? Yep. I mean, that's the gag. What did he do? It must have been terrible. That's it. That's the whole gag. And if, if people think, well, gee, oh, that's not the greatest joke. I'm only thinking about it for 10 seconds. You know, it's only on for two seconds. Yes. It's all a break. But I, think the, but I think one of the funnier, I mean, the, the season two finale, Blood Feud, was I will not sleep through my education. And we were like, well, we did that. I mean, how many times <laughs> in like sixth, seventh grade do we just fall asleep to our teachers babbling about nothing? Yes, it's, uh, you know, and I'll put in a plug right now for uh, my book, Springfield Confidential. It's a memoir I wrote of my 30 years at The Simpsons, and I'm not trying to sell books. You can, it's in <laughs> oh, every fine. library. You can get it from the <laughs> library. I don't care if you buy it or not, but I think chapter one is all about chalkboards and couch gags, and yeah. I'm on record just saying how much I hate the chalkboards. They're, oh, hard, really? they're hard to write. They're almost yeah. never that funny. The, uh, I think episode three, you know, three episodes into The Simpsons, Bart's writing on the chalkboard, I will not burp in class. So yeah. Yeah. we're already tapped out. Yeah. And so they're hard to write. And... You know, you see, lately, there we almost never do them anymore. We do yeah. a shorter main title where we don't have to write a chalkboard. Yep, and so it's kind of... Yeah, go ahead, Robert. I know what uh, you're going with. Yeah, uh, so, like, to go off the chalkboard, uh, in the first couple of seasons, like, the couch gags uh, tend to repeat. Was yeah. that just, just something they're like, well, we don't have any ideas for this couch gag? Let's no, you know, as much as I hate the chalk, much as I don't like the chalkboards, I'm a big fan of the couch gags. And okay. oh, uh, I love the couch gags. Too. Yeah, and we put a lot of work into those, yeah. and I'm, you know, and again, we've written about 650 of them. They get, yeah. they're they're hard. They get harder yeah. to write all the time. Um, but season one, and maybe season two, but definitely season one, uh, we would say, oh, we'll do each each couch gag twice. Oh, we'll okay. do it and we'll repeat it. And, gotcha. and what happened was we found out viewers would watch, open, start watching the show. They'd see a couch gag they'd seen already and thought it was a rerun and stop watching. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> so that was it. That's when we realized, oh, we got to give everybody a new couch gag every gotcha. single week. That's fun. And that the one that I, I, I as a kid, I think the one that I thought of the most was the circus one, the one where they all come to the couch and do like the can can and the the back wall separates and you got like the elephants and the and the parade, the carnival thing behind. Yes. I think that's the one for me where I always saw it. I'm like, I think I've seen this episode already. <laughs> like just because I think it was just so extravagant of a couch gag. And to see that one repeated just made it seem like, oh, I think I've seen this one already. Yeah, it's pretty memorable. Yeah, Al and I wrote that. And we only did it because the show was 10 seconds too short. Oh. We just <laughs> That was all that went into that. We needed to pad the show out. All right. Yeah, I, I can see uh, where, you know, just adding 10 seconds of anything. Well, it's, it is funny to see now with no chalkboard and no... Send sometimes no couch gag right. to, nope. to, to see either, well, is it commercial time that you're putting in extra or is it just more episode getting put in as extra? Yeah, it's, uh, it's especially uh, when Matt Selman, who's one of the executive producers of the show, when he puts together a show, he's got too much. He's, you know, he, he just has to jam 30 minutes of show into 22 minutes of airtime. And so, yeah, he cuts the credits. Al, Gene, and I, when we ran the show, it was always too short. And we, (laughs) so we would always use a full main title. We would call Fox and say, you you got to put more commercials in this week. And you'd think they'd be delighted, but there's a level at which you're not legally allowed to do that. Interesting. that was it. Al and I were very ruthless cutters and very yeah. ruthless about pacing of the show. And as a result, our shows were short and we always needed things to pad it out. Gotcha. All right. Well, I got one more question. And obviously this is probably one of the, the tougher ones. Um, do, do you agree with Disney actually pulling this episode from their Disney plus lineup? Uh, yes. Um, I, it's considering it, it concerns me. I literally have no opinion on that. Now, oh, first God. of all, I want to say it wasn't Disney's choice. It was, it was, oh. it was uh, the executive producers, the three executive producers. One weekend, they just watched that four-hour Michael Jackson documentary, I think yeah. Finding Neverland. Uh, very, you know, and they walked in Monday completely shocked by it. They just said, oh, if you watch this, you can never look at him the same way and blah, blah, blah. We've got to pull that episode. So it was unilateral. It was by them. Disney had nothing to do. I don't know. Okay. I, th- I think the episode was pulled from Fox syndication before we ever even had it. Yeah, I think, I think it was like 2017, I think. Yeah. So they that made that decision. I don't agree with it myself, but I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm very libertarian on this kind of thing. I'm, I, I, I just always make a very strong differentiation between artists and the artwork. And, you know, okay. I just okay. say, you know, I hate to, you know, they say canceling. I hate to cancel good stuff because of bad people. Because if you, yeah. if you take away everything created by or featuring bad people, all you're going to have left is 
Brendan Fraser movies. And <laughs> Hey, there's nothing uh, wrong with Brendan Fraser movies. Okay, well, good. Knock yourself <laughs> out, George of the Jungle. So, uh, but that's it. But that, you know, I got to say, I didn't see the documentary. And, okay. you know, probably if I'd seen it, it would have changed my opinion, too. Mostly, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. Simpsons fans... So you've got 699 episodes <laughs> instead of 700. I wrote the episode. Pulling it from syndication means that's $15 a year I don't make. That's what uh, I was earning from having written that episode. I would get 15 bucks a year off the Michael Jackson episode. Geez. Yeah, I guess uh, the only thing that cons- – like, I mean, it doesn't necessarily concern me, but I-, I think it's funny that the way Disney Plus did it is they did Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington as Season 3, Episode 1 instead of calling it Season 3, Episode 2. Yeah. I mean, that that to me just says, okay, you're just rewriting history in general, whereas I know <laughs> – South. well, no, I mean, on I- so- like South Park on HBO Max – they skipped episode numbers at least, you yeah. know what I mean? Even though they yeah. banned the episode on HBO Max, they skipped the episode number. So that way, at least people know, okay, you're jumping from episode, you know, 12 to episode 14. Wow. So uh, there are, are there, are there South Parks that aren't on HBO Max? Have yeah. They done this so too? yeah. Episode 201 and 202. I think those were the, 200 uh, and 201. Two, yeah. 201. It was the, the, uh, Muhammad episodes. Oh, okay. And then there was there was There's a couple other one. ones. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. Well, it's funny because you know Disney Plus decided to make Mr. Lisa Washington as episode one, but they did screw up the X Men series. Uh. <laughs> so maybe they're just like, eh. Yeah, it just seemed weird to me because I because when I was doing my number count for our episodes, I was like, no, I'm off by one. And I know I was wondering where I just couldn't I couldn't see it because they called Mr. Lisa goes to Washington season uh, season three episode one, uh-huh. and so now when I do our episodes I gotta make sure when I'm watching my you know them on Disney Plus and not on my VHS tapes which I have like five <laughs> VHS tapes full of my '90s Simpsons uh-huh. tapes which is amazing but uh, the but yeah it was just really weird just to see that drop off and. And uh, go away. Yeah. You know, I got to say, that's why I'm here doing the show. And it's, I don't care. I don't care if you can <laughs> see it or not see it on Disney Plus. But yeah. I, I don't like kind of pretending it doesn't exist or yes. not talking yeah. about it. Yep. Uh, it's a really good episode. There, I was, a fantastic Again, I was episode. reading Wikipedia and somebody, I don't agree with them, somebody said, it's the best Simpsons ever. It's like, oh, wow. It's somebody's favorite episode, and we're not showing it anymore. Yeah. Um, but as I say, up until at least recently, I could watch it on YouTube. It may yeah, still okay. be up there. If you, uh, if anyone has those, the DVDs of season three, which I know yep. you do, yep. and you can get them for a buck at any thrift shop, any season of Simpsons DVDs for a buck, uh, yeah. You can watch that episode, and there's an Easter egg of me doing uh, comment, audio commentary on it. Oh. And it's, it's only because I couldn't come to the main session when they were recording it. So they said, oh, do a bonus track. And so it's hidden there. So you can hear me doing this step-by-step watching the show 
and telling all the same stories that I just told you guys now. Awesome. No, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I was upset because when I couldn't when I didn't have the discs, I went through my tapes because I actually literally wrote every episode that was on each tape. Uh-huh. And it jumped from it literally jumped from Blood Feud to Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. So even I missed the original <laughs> recording of the of the taping of it when because I I mean I was just nuts. With it. I recorded all the commercial. I didn't even do the whole pause to get rid of the commercial things. I just taped the episodes straight up. So it's actually kind kind of fun watching a Simpson episode without the black um barriers that you know where the commercial break would jump in mm-hmm. and me and my brother were actually talking about how choppy how choppy an episode looks streaming as opposed to watching it with commercials oh very interesting you know but, there was, there, the shows were sort of built to be watched on commercial tv with it, commercial yeah. breaks you know we would and the, very often there are jokes where the the joke is Homer's about to say something and then we go to commercial or, yeah. you know, Homer starts something at one side and then you come back from commercial and he's still talking about it. And they go, you've been talking about that forever. And that's sort of a joke. <laughs> yeah. There's one, I, I just, I, again, I just got Disney plus, so I'm, I don't usually sit around watching my old episodes. <laughs> we have a joke in Homer, the heretic, uh, which is probably coming up on your show, right? Yep. You haven't done that yet. And it was a joke in the closing credits where uh, Homer asks God, God, what is the meaning of life? And God says, the answer is Homer. And then we said, and then Fox goes, cuts it off and goes to a promo saying, coming up next on Fox, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that's the, that was the joke, but it only worked on commercial TV. And you watch, yeah. you watch it again in, in, on streaming and there's no joke there. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I mean it's in all your joke. I mean it's funny when Disney Plus also did the whole 16 by 9 to right. uh and <laughs> and it was funny because we we were watching a 16 by 9 and then when we got to like it was the Sideshow Bob episode and there was a cutoff sign on one of the the give a hoot read a book sign and I knew it was there. Like the whole time I knew something was missing from that episode. And I yeah. went in and changed the change it from sixteen by nine to letterbox, and there it was. There was the so even when you watch stuff in sixteen by nine on Disney Plus in the early you know the early seasons, you might actually miss signs and parts of the episodes that <laughs> you would normally have seen on DVD or you know regular TV. Yes, I I'd heard all about this controversy before I experienced it, and then. And I thought, what do people care? What I don't even know what sixteen by nine is. And then <laughs> I was watching Duplets with my wife, and I go, they cut off the joke. There's a a very specific joke in the top of the screen that's just cut off. So uh, yeah, that's not right. That's not good. You know. Yep. So it's yeah, the, we're uh, we're we're making it. That's the other thing about our podcast. We're making it right by making sure we get all the jokes that people can't see on streaming. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but uh but yeah anyway um but yeah thank you so much for coming on and telling us uh all these stories. amazing stories great it was really fun for me and pretty therapeutic as well well that's that's <laughs> perfect and uh like you mentioned obviously you have a podcast coming out so 
if you would like to come on again for another spot for a favorite episode, maybe in season four, if uh, your podcast is out by then and want to want to plug that. Yeah. Um, Here's what I want. If, if I don't know if we're still recording, oh, I, yeah. if I can plug anything. Oh, absolutely. Follow, yep. Go follow for it. me on Twitter. And uh, if I ever do have a podcast, I'll be plugging it on Twitter, but mostly I'm on Twitter. I just give you a good joke every day. One good joke, just like the Jimmy Fallon show. I, uh, so follow me at Mike Reese writer, R E I S S Mike Reese writer. It's just jokes. Awesome. So, no, I, I follow you on. Joke. Yeah, I follow you on Twitter. So yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's good content every single day. Hey, how about that? Awesome. So yeah, once again, thank you. And for all the folks that listened to our uh, recap of The Simpsons did it season three, episode one, Stark Raving Dad. Thanks for uh, coming on and uh, listening to Mike Reese. Tell us some stories. So until next time, I'm your host, Steven Sklansky. I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.